Hello and welcome to your Divine Uniqueness Show. If you'd like to listen to live episodes and interact with our speakers, you can go to yourdivineuniqueness.com. Your, Y-O-U-R, Divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, Uniqueness, U-N-I-Q-U-E-N-E-S-S.com. All right, so hello everyone. This is Monsef Afkhir and thank you so much for joining us today in this new call of Your Divine Uniqueness. And I'm really, really excited to have um, Veronica Torres with us again on the show. Um, maybe I, I think she's been with us maybe more than a year or maybe. And really, uh, the, our call, it was, it was really, really special. Like it was, we had a lot of fun, so much wisdom. She shared with us so much wisdom uh, along with the Elohim. And yeah, it was, it was really exceptional. And I'm so excited about um, our call today with her. You know, today we'll be talking about um, being the calm uh, in the midst of the storm. So, because really sometimes it's it's um, it gets maybe easy to, to, to get caught in the in the um, overwhelming energies around us, uh, especially when there are so many things happening around us in the world uh, and many uh, maybe confusion. So today we'll be talking about that about how to maybe overcome this like uh, being. Uh, how to how to not react to triggers but really go beyond that and being calm and present and also from that from that space we can also help others instead of just um, going with their energy but really help them to get centered and be calm and uh, you know take conscious decisions so yeah we will be talking about that she will be uh, channeling the Elohim and we'll have a Q&A so as always you can raise your hand by pressing star 2 if you are on the phone or Skype and the web call. And also you can type in your questions on the question box if you are on the webcast page. And yeah, so yeah, so with that, I want to, to welcome you, Veronica. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be back with you. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. And um, yeah, so Veronica, as I said, because there are uh, new people who are joining our show and maybe they are not yet used um, with your work. If you can maybe just share a little bit about your work and who are the Elohim. Sure. I've been the channel for Elohim and the Council since 2002. <clears throat> and our work focuses on the evolution to Homo Spiritus, which is all about living non-habitually, about accessing the field of infinite possibilities, about realizing the limitations of triggers and how to step-by-step step, very clearly with a very sort of supported and structured way of getting out of habitual patterns. Whereas a lot of times people will say, well, don't live habitually. And it's like, okay, I won't. How? Where are the how part? So yeah. Elohim is most known for their dozens and dozens and dozens of very specific, easy to apply, often quite fun tools that you can use in all kinds of different circumstances to break habitual patterns, to start using different neural pathways in your brain, and to start accessing the field of infinite possibilities. Really on the pathway to living from aha to aha, from bliss to bliss. And that really does happen. It's pretty amazing. <clears throat> yeah yeah exactly and and uh, really i love your message and you are really sharing in in really uh so many ways because i, I follow you on facebook and on your uh, newsletter and really uh your messages how to say it's it's 
it's very practical. There, there are really so much deep wisdom in there, and also very practical that we can really apply in in our daily life. So it's, yeah. it's so this is what I really love about this, and uh, it describes very well what we are experiencing. <laughs> <laughs> Elohim says, "Was it practical? Was it ap actionable? Then we did our job." If we answer a question and you can't act on it and it doesn't feel practical and accessible to you, we didn't do our job. Yeah. So there's not a lot of this sort of like nebulous, oh, well, yes, we of course we should live this way sort of stuff in our work. No, it's all right, here we go. This is how we're going to do it. <laughs> but always with a lot of laughter and fun too. I mean, we're, yeah. we're always laughing. So yeah, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, always having fun. It's it really makes it um, like more easier to to integrate this information and energy. So, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So, um, Veronica, so today, as I said, we are talking about how uh, to stay calm uh, during uh, you know the chaos or uh, the storm, and uh, maybe the first thing we can talk about is is how we we uh, we ourselves before helping others how we can really stay calm and centered and really grounded during those those uh, difficult times because sometimes we feel as an empath we feel so uh, all the others energy and especially if there are some fears so it's how to maybe if we can say protect ourselves or stay grounded during those yeah. times one of the main things i've learned over the years and that elohim has taught you know at length is the idea of matching energy hmm. and so when you, everyone knows this because when you're in the movie theater and everyone else laughs, you probably will laugh with them. Or if you walk into a room where everyone's shouting, you'll probably feel like shouting, right? So matching energy isn't a, um, a foreign idea. I think most people are just used to studying matching energy when it's at extremes, like mob mentality, right? or everyone's grieving at a funeral and you feel that grief very strongly as well, right? Something mm -hmm. like that where it's very extreme. But there's a lot of subtleties to matching energy as well. And that's one of the main roles, I believe, of lightworkers at this time is to be energetic leaders, not to match energy. And it's so easy, especially like on Facebook, you know, you're reading, you're reading, you're reading, and you're just matching energy or, or getting upset with other people's upset or getting upset because yes. they're not upset enough. Like it's all this, where are you in the story? Where are you in the dialogue? Where is your truth? And how is your truth being represented? Well, of course, in order to do that, to answer those questions, you first have to know what your truth is. And I think that's a step sometimes people sort of skip. They sort of go, well, I think you're wrong before they say, well, what would right be? You have to start with what is right or what is true? What feels powerful? What do I feel strongly about? And then interact in the, with, the, with the world from the idea of wanting to have that be present in the conversation. Not wanting your way, but knowing your truth is being brought to the table just as other people bring their truth to the table, and then hopefully there's a dialogue. We call it the third way. It's not my way or your way. It's the third way. And the thing about the third way is everyone's going to be somewhat uncomfortable with it. Because if I get my way, I'm comfortable. If you get yeah. your way, you're comfortable. If neither yeah. one of us get our way, but we find something that we can share, we're both a little uncomfortable, which you have to be willing to be a little uncomfortable in order to find that third way. 
And that I feel is so vitally needed at this time and kind of missing in a lot of the dialogue that people go into um, in, in, especially on social media, it gets real dualistic and real entrenched. And it's like, this is the way it's going to be. Oh, my cat's going to join us. Let's see if you can see her. Can you see her? There she goes. If she hasn't been part of the interview, it didn't happen, right? Oh, now she's yeah. going to see her up there. Yeah, oh, she's going to sit up there. You know you're wrong. Oh, I'm sure everybody your bottom. Okay, all done. Um, yeah, she probably, yeah, she's like made her, made her present. See, her truth has been present. Her favorite little place yeah. to stand on the back of my chair. Anyway, so that to me is really part a huge part of being the calm in the center of the storm is one, accessing your truth. Two, making having the courage to bring your truth to the table. And three, being willing to 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 let your truth not change necessarily, but be willing to shape it so that it fits in with the mm -hmm. truths of others so we can actually move forward as a society and as an evolutionary force yeah yeah exactly i i i, I totally agree and, uh, yeah, maybe I, I what was that okay so uh yeah now it's good now it's good mm -hmm. so what i was saying is uh i really i totally agree with you and uh sometimes when we, we feel this this fear too, maybe uh you know just to change a little bit about our truth because we already have this this safety in in what we already know, so maybe changing it it's it's bring us this safety and we feel uncomfortable. So it's I don't know it's uh, yeah this is where we we feel afraid of negotiating something about uh, the way we live and the way we think. Well, a lot of times people equate uncertainty with danger, right? I don't know what's going to happen. I might yeah. get killed. I might die. I might suffer. I might lose. And so because uncertainty has long been equated with danger, even when it has nothing to do with safety danger, it's just uncertain. I don't know what time I'm going to go see the movie. Should I feel afraid? Some people do, right? Um, when you equate uncertainty with danger, you are not going to want to seek the third way. You're not going to want to put your truth into the world. You're not going to want to be creative. You're not going to want to try new things. You're not going to want to ask that person out on a date or try for a new job or try to buy a house or have a baby because uncertainty freaks me out. <laughs> but the truth is we are constantly and unceasingly uncertain. Every single thing we do is uncertain. And we we ignore lots of it, and then other ones we let totally freak us out. So part of the work we've done with Elohim over the years is to really evolve our relationships to uncertainty, to see it as the place of creativity, to see it as the place of opportunity, to see it as the place where everything new begins, and to make peace with the fact that it's always present. So that when an uncertainty happens that feels scary, it's it's managed in a different way. It's not managed as, oh my God, this is horrible. It's okay. I'm feeling a lot of body feelings, but that doesn't mean that I have to equate that with the idea that I'm actually in mortal peril. I'm simply in an opportunity to have something new happen. And as we worked on this and worked on this and worked on this, at some point Elohim just said, go toward the uncertain places in your life. 
pay attention to them, move toward them, act on them, find them, embrace them, because that's where the opportunity to open into the field of infinite possibilities is very, very rich. The way they describe this that I love so much is they said, imagine a tree, right? A big tree, like a redwood tree or an oak tree. If you think about the very center of the tree, it's kind of stays the same, you know, the, in, in the middle of the trunk, right? Yeah. But on the edge, it's uncertain. Is an animal going to come by? Is the bark going to fall off? Is, you know, something is, is the, is the rain going to get on it? Is the sun going to be on it? Is a little plant going to grow nearby? All that uncertain stuff happens on the edge. Yeah. So you're either in the middle of the tree going, I'm a tree, which is great to be, but it doesn't change very much. <laughs> or you're out on the edge where stuff is happening. You're still in the tree, right? So get out on the edge. Let yourself get on the edge without feeling like you're going to be in peril. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's really powerful, and maybe also we need uh, we need to have this this balance because, like you said, like uh, it's not necessary that we change our truth. Maybe just we uh, reshape it. But also at the same time, sometimes there are people who ask too much from us. So how to yeah. to, to uh, keep this balance and have these healthy boundaries? Because also yeah. sometimes um, I don't know. It's it's like we we are afraid also to 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 hurt others when we say no. Because we want to, to be kind and, you know, just help others. Yeah. And that's a real tricky part of being a light worker because light workers can get caught up in unhealthy service mentality where they believe that helping others comes before taking care of themselves. And it's just not true. Only when you've cared for yourself, accessed your truth, can you actually bring something very meaningful and sustainable to the relationship. And I always say, you know, I, I said it, actually, I met some new people not that long ago, and I said it straight to them. I said, you can trust me to say no, which means you can believe me when I say yes. Yeah. yeah that's and perfect. I think both of those things are vital parts of relationship, not just take care of, take care of, take care of, take care of being a vital part of a relationship, but the ability to say yes when I mean yes, know when I mean no, and have that accepted because it's it's the relationship with my truth that I want my friends to have, not my relationship with me trying to control how they perceive me and figuring out their problems without actually even maybe knowing their problems and guessing what they might need and trying to meet needs they haven't expressed. I won't do it. <laughs> if you say, I need something, I will help if I can. And if I can't, I will say I can't. And for me, that's that's the best amount of respect I can give another person. Uh-oh, are you still there? Uh-oh. He's frozen. Are you there? Okay. Oh, okay. He's, okay, there you are. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear any of that last part? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know if it was me or uh, yeah. you froze, so I don't know what happened. Okay. So I think it's very, very important that that so, light workers, especially sensitive light workers, learn to set healthy boundaries, learn mm -hmm. the difference between selfish and self-centering. You know, selfish is the name they call you when you take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not being selfish. I'm actually taking care of myself. I'm being an energetic mm -hmm. leader 
and giving you an opportunity to see what it looks like. And uh, it's important. It's important to show others how you wish to be treated and then to treat others, you know, the way you want to treat them, the way you, you know, would like to be treated probably as well. But the idea that lightworkers are here to be of service in a way that drains and, and, and leaves them sick or injured or broke mm -hmm. is, is just such, old, is such an old story. And, and it's just not real. That's not reality. That's not reality because you want to keep you want to be able to give over time or support or serve over time, yeah. not burn out um, in a very short period yeah. of time and, and then end up, you know, some of the most ill people I know, literally physically ill people I know are people who would say, I, I'm of service in the world. And they're the, yeah. the sickest, most injured, ill people because all they do is give, 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 give. They never replenish. They never care for themselves. And they run down, down, down until they have nothing else to give. And then their whole yeah. lives are about trying to heal. But they're healing from a place of giving instead of healing from a place of caring. Yeah, it's tricky, yeah. but important, really important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 uh, it's really important also to, like, to, to let others give others opportunity to take their own decision. Because... <laughs> As an empath, we feel we feel their energy, and the right way we want to help. But sometimes we just need to to give them their own space, and you know, yes, work you know their that, own, own experience. Yeah, that's interesting. You bring that up because I just wrote an article about being a sensitive, and um, I worked on it for quite a while. And I had so many moms contacting me because their kids were ultra sensitives that I figured I just have to finish this thing because it's it's you know people it's not all that common information out in the world, what it's like to live as an ultra sensitive or an empath. And one of the things that became really, really real in my conversations with various people on this topic is when you're sensitive and you pick up on something that someone might be hiding, right? You think, Oh, yeah. there's a story. I only got half the story. I should get all of the story. I can feel it. It should be mine. Give me, give me. And they start trying to pull, pull, pull it out of the other person. I always have to teach sensitives. That's like reading their diary. People are allowed their private thoughts. They're allowed to be um, not yet ready to speak mm. about what's going on inside of them. They're allowed to still be chewing on it. People are allowed to have a thought that no one else is ever privy to. That's totally allowed. And sensitives run around going, I can feel it. So if I can feel it, it should be for me. But that is not true, not even a little bit true. And because sensitives default to picking up on information rather than asking questions of others, they can make a lot of assumptions. So, so they pick up on somebody who's upset, but they seem like they're happy. Oh, you're a liar. It's like, no, I'm actually happy. And there's something in the background that I'm working on. Maybe my mom's sick or maybe my dog is sick. Maybe I'm worried about my baby. I'm allowed to have that going on while actually also enjoying lunch. But sensitives get so confused by those mixed energetic messages that they'll often act on I pick up upset rather than act on the experience they're actually having. So I always tell sensitives, ask, 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 ask. You have to ask. And you don't say, I feel like you're upset. What are you upset about? <laughs> you say, <laughs> is there anything you want to talk about? 
and then you shut up because it's none of your business. <laughs> Can you tell I've had this conversation with more than one person, including myself? <laughs> it's an it's a it's an interesting little skill set that uh, that sensitives have to get get their heads around because um, people are really honestly allowed privacy, even energetic privacy. But you know, a sensitive also has that tenderness. Like, wow, I can tell something's up. You're, you're smiling, but I can tell something's up with you. Okay, fine. Then find a way to talk about it. Don't act on the fact that you know it. That's yeah. true, true, true presence and true vulnerability and true attention to what's going on for another individual. Yeah. Absolutely, and and that's where like the other person like would feel maybe more comfortable um, with us. And also, if, if we discuss something personal about this, so they can like uh, easily talk about that. And you know, if they give us permission, so we can help them uh, that way. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's a really good point. Is that when sensitives are vulnerable, they really open the door for people who are less sensitive to feel safe being vulnerable. You know, I've had sensitive say to me, you know, people don't feel safe around me. I was like, well, yeah, because you're constantly dragging information out of them that they're not ready to share. Make a space where they can feel safe expressing rather than try to pull on yes. them. And, you know, you do that a lot of times, like you pointed out, by being vulnerable yourself. Saying, you know, I'm happy today, but I was feeling hard. I had a hard, hard day yesterday or talking about what's really going on with you. Again, bringing your truth to the table, like I said earlier. Yeah. 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 And then you are the calm at the center of the storm rather than the one causing the storm. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell there's something you need to talk about. Oh. <laughs> People are running. Why are you running away from me? Because you try to drag my secrets and private things out of me. And I don't want to talk to you about that yet. And maybe the sensitive is the perfect person to talk about that with when the person's ready until they're ready no and a lot of times this happens between men and women i've seen where the woman is maybe pulling on the guy and the guy's going stop pulling on me yeah but it can happen in all different relationships but i've seen yeah. it happen a lot in the male woman relationship yeah absolutely mm -hmm. that's that's very wonderful um yeah, so Veronica, I would love if maybe if you can bring the Elohim. Sure, sure. Yeah, okay, great. Let's get them. Hang on. Oh boy, what are we doing today? Hello, hi, hello, hi. Hello. Veronica's taught us that we have to look at the camera, not down at you, but we have to look at the camera, but we want to see you a little first. Okay, now we've seen you, now we'll look at the camera. Hello, hello, this is fun. Yeah, it's, it's really great to have you back. Uh, yeah. Great honor. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Um, so yeah, so we are talking about how to, to stay uh, centered and calm where there's a chaos around us and how. Yeah. Uh, First, you have to want to, right? You yeah. have to want to. Some people just love to be part of that drama. 
it's, 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 it feels like adrenaline. It feels exciting. You feel alive. You feel involved. You feel part of something. So it's like, I'm going to just jump in the middle of it and splash around and all that adrenaline. But one of the most amazing things you can accomplish in your life is to not be driven by adrenaline. Because what is adrenaline in the first place? It's typically the survival instinct saying, do this because you want to stay alive. Rather than it being, you know, an opportunity to explore what's really going on. And so when you bring your truth to the table, like Veronica was saying, you're experiencing and exploring what's authentically occurring. Uh-oh, what does that mean? Sorry. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> like our, our corners were, were uh, disconnected, so I'm just getting them back. Okay. Um, to the conference. After the conference ID, followed by the pound key. It's always fun when all that Thank happens. You. Moderator ID accepted. All That's guests are currently muted. To tag. unmute all guests, press okay. 9, 9. For help with host options, press star <laughs> 0. You will now be connected with the conference. Let's connect to the conference. Okay. We are connected to the conference. Why does she say okay. Motad? Motad. She has such a funny little voice. It's the same voice that we hear when we do our sessions. All guests are Motad. It's like, what? That's not a word. Anyway. Okay. So do you want to be part of the drama? You know, and a lot of people do. And if you don't yes. want to be part of the drama, then you have to kind of work because society, culturally and physically, you have an addiction really to the drama, to the adrenaline, to that, I feel like something's happening, you know? And and so it takes it takes some some consciousness to say, wait a minute, <laughs> that's the river going by. Am I gonna jump in? Or am I going to walk alongside of it? And your Facebook, oh boy, drama, 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 cat. Drama, 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 puppy. Drama, 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 drama. What's that? Drama, drama, drama. That's Facebook. And it's great because every once in a while you get to see pictures of the grandkids. But most of the time it's just mixing yourself up in other people's drama and then what happens is you actually physically feel as if the thing you're reading about is happening inside your body in your life. So your uncle's neighbor's dog fell off a ladder and you feel like it was your dog that fell off a ladder, especially if you're sensitive. And you know, you scroll down Facebook and your dog's falling off a ladder and then the, your kid's in the hospital and your other one is, you know, you can't find a cell phone and whatever else is going on on Facebook. By the time you scroll down for 10 minutes, your body has gone through all of this crazy stuff. That's not very conducive to calm. So it's finding that place where you can be observing and then inserting your truth when it's appropriate, but not running everybody's stuff through your body. And part of the way you do that is to not be an outcome as well. The other place this shows up is when you're an outcome, when you're thinking about the next step rather than being on the step you're on. And learning mm -hmm. to be very skillfully out of outcome is something that we teach a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, because, uh, Maybe because we are uh, we are not really connected to the present moment, like 
I don't know, maybe we don't like something happening around us. So we are always looking for uh, something in the future. And by that, I don't know, because every moment is a present moment. So we will always miss this, this, mm -hmm. this real moments and always thinking in the future. So, um, yeah. yeah, we talk a lot about how you, you guys have so many nows that you forget each one is actually sacred because you have lots of them. You know, it's like pennies. You have lots of pennies. You don't pay much attention to them. You have lots of nows. You forget that they're each sacred. Or you somehow talk yourself out of the fact that what is happening isn't valuable. Okay, something's happening. Something challenging is happening. Be even more present to something challenging than you would be to something pleasurable. Because there's even more opportunities for you to break through to the field of infinite possibilities through a challenging opportunity, really, because you usually resist it. So it's ripe for exploration. And the reality is every single thing that's occurring, hard things, easy things, fun things, sad things, whatever they are, are all perfect little gifts that you and your soul have combined to present at your feet. And each of those gifts is an opportunity for you to see who you are, what your truth is, what you can bring to it, how present you can be. Anytime you want to resist reality, whatever reality is, anytime you feel you're in resistance to reality, that's where you want to turn in and go deeper and deeper into what's happening. Feel it more. Push yourself into it more. Because that's the that's the ripe spot. That's the juicy bit. And and a lot of times things happen over and over and over again to people. It's because they just always are skipping them. You know, they're never actually yeah. seeing what's there. And it takes courage, really, spiritual exactly. courage to say, this is hard and I'm going to pay attention to it anyway. Um. It also takes courage to say, this is easy and I'm going to pay attention to it because a lot of times the easy ones, you're just kind of going, oh, good. Whew. It's not hard. Whew. That's a relief. Whew. And you're skipping over those too. Oh, God, is this a hard one? Oh, no, skip that. Oh, God, it's an easy one. Thank God, skip that. Oh, God, it's, a it's like, hang on. You're just skipping your whole life. Let's not skip. Yeah. Let's sink. Sink into the now. Whatever the now is, being utterly present to what is and watching the temptation to go out of the present moment and seeing what, what happens when you don't. It takes, yeah. it takes diligence and discipline because you're, you don't have this muscle. Most people don't have this muscle. They don't know how to stay in the now. But the more you practice, the more it pays off. It really, 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 really does. Yeah, yeah exactly. And as um, we're talking about being uh, an energetic leader uh, yeah. to others, like we really need to do that. Like when there is something triggered, like if we need to help others, we we need to be able to to dive deep into what triggers us and look at it and understand how you know how we can integrate this, how how we can transmute it. So this yeah. is how we can also help others. Uh, Absolutely, because if everyone's running around like chickens with their heads cut off, freaking out about something, if you're the calm yeah. one, that's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Right. So you can run around also, but then who's going to be the calm one? We figure the people listening to your call are the kind of people who want to step up and be the calm, calm one. They want to step up and be of support when there's, you know, something urgent going on. And this is easy to imagine when, you know, let's say there's a big car wreck or something like that. And so you want to be the calm one there. Okay. But what we 
believe is even more important is being the calm one at the grocery store, being the calm one at the gas station, being the calm one at the school play. Because people may not be as obviously in distress and trigger at those times, yet they are. And if you walk around emanating that sense of, of calm that is available to you because you've connected with your truth, then you're a gift in those circumstances as well. And if an emergency happens, you're already training yourself to go to that calm place before interacting with others. And it's good to have that training before an emergency happens. Because when there's an emergency, everything's, you know, another hundred degrees up as far as intensity. And it's really easy to match energy with that kind of emergency, actual emergency, actual danger. It's really easy to go into freak out because, well, the survival instinct really wants to take over. So having trained yourself to access your inner truth, to access that inner place of peace, when things aren't as dire will pay off if things ever become very dire. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, yeah, that's very powerful. I love it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Um, yeah, so can we maybe take some questions from the audience? Why not? Okay. Sounds Great. like a good idea. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, we have a color from Toronto. Oh, okay. Phone number. And then with 3013. Hello. 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 What's your name? Hello. Hi. We hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, great. Hi, Mosef. It's Shafin here. Oh, hi, Shafin. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, great. Hi, Veronica. Thank you. Hello, Shafin. How can we help you today? Hey, um, wow, this is like, oh, well, you know what? This is quite a little segue for me. Um, I believe I've done a lot of the uh, work and I believe I've chased a lot of the patterns. And so I'm just kind of clearing the last of like some of the projections around fear that I've also projected onto others. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. But I'm just in this really weird funk of unknown, and my brain just keeps wanting to reach back for the fear notes. So I'm just wondering what to do in the absolute unknown if you can't get to that place where you can be sort of in the calm serenity of it all. Like, I don't know. I, and maybe because maybe I'm an empath, I pick up a lot of fear stuff, or maybe I've been told that I pick up a lot of fear stuff. But anyway... So it's sure. like these weird projections of fear that just sort of come out of nowhere, especially when I'm in a in a in a in a neutral space. Yeah. So I don't know. Can you help with that? Oh, of course. This is normal. Do, do the Elohim have something? This is this oh, is okay. Elohim, and this is completely normal. This is exactly how this works. This is exactly what the path of people that are on this path go through. You get to a point where you have a lot more neutrality, where you have a lot less survival instinct, where you have a lot less freak out you're not matching energy as much and all of a sudden what random fear from where did you come she pops up to be dealt with yeah that's totally normal <laughs> so yay you're right on track <laughs> and the way you do okay with that is, and then does it just okay, hang on hang on we're not done yeah. we're not even close to done yet it's our turn yeah, okay. so the way you deal with that okay okay great is that when the random fear pops up 
you know, you name it for what it is. Hi, random fear. No, thanks. You don't engage with it. You don't, you don't believe it. You don't say, oh, I'm feeling it. So it must be something very important and real and true. You just acknowledge, yep, I see you random fear that has no place in this now. You have no tech, you're, you're, there's no surface area for you here. There's nothing real for you. You are simply an artifact of my system that was fear-based for a really long time. And it just pops up and you go, uh-huh, yeah, no thanks. And you turn away from it. You turn away from it. Now, what also might be happening for you. That's kind of what I, yeah. Oh yeah, we're yeah. still not done. We'll tell you when we're done. What's still, what also might be happening for you <laughs> okay. is, is what we call alternate expression bleed through, which means past lives that you're starting to have contact with. Occasionally, well not occasionally, it's a step on the path that we've seen when people have done enough work, they're ready to start clearing some of the issues from their, we call them alternate expressions, but they're more commonly referred to as past lives. And so you can start having information from past lives bleed through into this one. And we believe that the package has the past life talk in it. Veronica's telling us that she thinks it does. Let's see if the past life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The past life talk is in the package. So we won't go into this too deeply, but you start to actually okay. have communication with your other lifetimes because they're all happening simultaneously. And because they're all happening simultaneously, you can access them. And that could be part of this as well. We think it's probably a combination, which, you know, you're right on target. This makes complete sense to us. Normal. Okay, now we're done. <laughs> so I guess then, so I've been trying to, <laughs> I've been trying to get over. Like get away from a living situation with somebody who's like extremely low vibration and carries a lot of fear and and um, and survival, like desperate energy. But it seems like every time something's about to happen financially, that would move me to something new where I could sort of really hone in on my own frequency. Some weird thing happens where I'm again stuck with this human being, mm -hmm. and. Um, and it's, it's enough to rattle my cage. And though, though I, I feel grateful that he's triggered a lot of stuff that I've been able to kind of look at within myself and go, okay, that's something that is a trigger for me. Let me go and see what that is. So I'm grateful for that, but it just seems like I'm so done with this passage mm -hmm. with this human being. But just, it's just something keeps happening at the very last minute, like where, where the money is just not available or... I don't, it's so weird. Have you, have you been in that position? Do the Elohim have some advice there? Yeah. You know, this again is another normal sort of thing that can happen where when you're ready to really set something down, it kind of flares up to say, are you really sure? And what we would say to you, you know, you've seen this happen. You, you're, you get serious with a partner and sure enough, all the exes start to call or you run into them and you're like, Wait, really? I'll, wait, another one? Like, I'm getting serious with someone. Stop it. That, that's one way this can show up. But the opportunity here for you is when that happens is to still stay in your chooser self. And, and 
we're referencing our, our levels teaching, which we don't have time to go into today, but you're reacting from a level three position and you need to stay in level four. And level four is all about, I choose my reactions to my experiences. So the opportunity here is, okay, are you really serious about getting out of this living situation? And if you're really serious about getting out of this living situation, doing small steps all the time that lead up to getting out of that living situation and not waiting for the big answer, but to build on each step and to keep choosing your reactions to your experiences. So when you have this thing happen, you're like, again, it's like, no, not again. It's like, all right. How am I going to pivot away from this perceived limitation? What can I pivot to? What progress did I make before I had this perceived setback? And where do I actually stand? How exactly how much money do I need to move? Exactly how much do I have? Where do I plan to go? And to feel the, 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 the power in the truth that you're ready to leave rather than sort of this, I'm ready to leave, but I can't seem to leave wishy-washy victim-y place that feels like it's creeping in for you. It's like, no, I'm 100% ready to leave. And so I'm going to start making decisions based on that. I'm going to start acting different in the home as it as is because I'm, I'm not trying to just pretend up until the day I can split. I'm actually going to start splitting early emotionally and physically and financially so that I'm putting down that very clear step-by-step -step path of transitioning out of this environment. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. <laughs> it's scary that though, right? It's scary. Cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a little bit harder to do, I guess, when, when you're, when, yeah, you know what, I, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I'll, I'll start doing that. I've already started creating some boundaries, so I'll just keep, uh, yeah, I'll just keep going. I, I appreciate, um, I appreciate the time. I don't want to take time from uh, anyone else, but the, I, I, I feel like that should have helped actually quite a few people. So, One thank you. Thing. I guess we're uh, the the key is that. Yeah, go ahead. One last thing is this: a lot of people get yeah. the idea that progress is the home run, right? I, only until I can swing for a home run does it count. But really, just getting on base counts. So just find small steps that make you feel like you've made progress. If you're, you said the word boundaries to us, if you don't have clear boundaries in place with someone who's this, that has been this much sandpaper for you, first step, because having the ability to set boundaries with everyone is the most it's a vital thing, especially if you're an empath. So you may as well practice with this person that you already know. Right? So it's it's finding we talk a lot about working step by step. And if you get the package and join the Facebook group, you know, you can get support on figuring out what step you're on and then moving step by step from there. Because it's not just when I have enough money I can run away from this. It's I need there's some there's some skills I need, and this person gives me an opportunity to have those skills. Here's another thing. You took up the amount of time that we were willing to share with you, and we have not yet been, gotten done with you, as you can tell, because we're still talking. It does not matter if it helps another soul on this planet. Don't be in service mentality about, it's okay I took up time because it helped other people. You need your own sovereignty and your own support, and own it and grab it and take it, because we're giving it to you willingly. That's you taking up your space, that's you having boundaries about your needs, and that's you being accessing your truth. All of those things you need practice on. So there you go. Mm. 
I do. I do. <laughs> okay, that's that. I I appreciate the time. <laughs> You're very welcome. We enjoyed spending it with you. No. Okay, that bye. Thank you, Shaflin. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you, Mosa. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said something it's, it's very important. It's um, like we need to celebrate like each, each step, like each oh. change and maybe achievement we, we made. Like that way we, we have this, uh, I don't know, we can like keep doing it, keep growing, keep expanding. So, you know, it, it's, it's, this will happen. it's societally powerful that, you know, the idea in society is powerful that you only celebrate yeah. when it's done or the victory, the losses you don't celebrate or, you know, there's this idea that it's got to be ta-da before any celebration can occur. And the reality is that every single thing is built and created and, and changed and transformed step by step. And staying on the step you're on until it's done is super important. And very few people are good at this. <laughs> we teach people how to be good at this because it's important. Yeah. And then staying on the step you're on long enough to actually change yourself on that step because here's the thing we're going to draw or can you see our hands okay imagine there's a circle yes. right and if you're in the middle of the circle and you imagine this is the solution this is that's the answer man right there that one and so you're here and you're thinking bum 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 bum, bum. that's going to be ta da right but you take a step and then if you're really on that step you've taken really on that step you're taking you have changed and the person who thought this was the answer may not be who you are now. And allowing yourself to evaluate, what is my answer now? Oh, my answer is actually over here, so I better take a step this way. And then be present to that step. Like the guy we were just talking to, right? It may very well be that if he can lay down some strong boundaries with consequences that he reinforces without getting upset, this is all part of our teaching, he may find that he loves living where he lives and that this was never the answer. The answer was to stand right there and have clear boundaries. You assume this is the answer and then you get upset because you can't get there. When really on the, on the path to there, you may go this way, that way, this way, that way. You may never get there because it may never matter. Part of what we see with people is they're often acting from a previous version of themselves. If you're not accessing your truth in this now, you don't know what the current version of you wants. And very frequently, you're hearing the voices of other people, mom, dad, teachers, you know, bosses, whoever, that are saying, this is how your life should be, rather than your voice. And sometimes when people can't get where they want to go, it's because they don't actually, as the current version of themselves, have the desire to go where they've been pointed. It's mom's dream or dad's dream that they've always been trying to live out rather than saying, what do I actually want? And what step am I on in my dream for me? Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's, mm -hmm. that's really beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Let's take a question from webcast. Okay. I need to go there. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
Okay, so we have a question from Tara from uh, Florida. Mm -hmm. May I have uh, yours and Elohim guidance? What do I need uh, to move forward and how to let go of old sadness, fears, and grief? Thank you. That seems to be our theme so far. Oftentimes our yeah. calls turn into themes, right? And that, that's just something that has happened many times. We would get, we would have a call and Veronica would have 10 questions that came in before the call would start. And, and she would look at them, you know, when we were doing the thing and they'd all be on the same subject without people knowing each other. So this happens to us a lot. How to let go of old sadnesses. The answer is going to be very similar to the answer we just gave, but it's good to reinforce the idea. And that really is making sure you know how to connect with the current version of yourself. Now, the way to another way to do that, besides what Veronica said, besides what we said, more, more tools for the same job, is to just really connect with your now, with how your body is in the now, what's really happening. Close your eyes and listen for what sounds you see. Now smell and see what smells you smell. Feel what the bottoms of your feet are doing. Right? Things like that where you really connect and you practice connecting with this very instant that you're in. When you don't have a strong connection to the now, when you can't automatically connect your body to where it is in space, it's very easy to replay old sadnesses because that's the habit. That's the deep neural pathway. That's the, that's the place you've always gone. We call it favorite familiar suffering. And everyone's got two, three, ten, who knows how many you guys have got. But it's the place where you go when you're triggered, tired, hungry, bored, confused, in line at the DMV, right? <laughs> Anytime there's a little bitty space in you. You all tend to go to a favorite familiar suffering. I'm sad, I'm fat, I'm poor, I'm uh, you know single. Whatever your favorite familiar suffering is, it's this little place, and this is one of the weirdest parts of you guys being human that we have found. We'll just put you on notice. This is weird that you guys do this. There's this little place in you where even though it hurts to be there, you go back to it because it's familiar. And you'll suffer in a familiar way rather than face the unknown. Rather than be present in the now and look around and see what's actually happening, I'm going to suffer, 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 suffer while I wait in line, suffer, suffer, suffer while I wait in line. Because being present has not been an option. So finding a familiar suffering to chew on is another option. Or maybe staring at your phone is another option to keep you out of the now. There's a whole bunch of stuff you guys do to stay out of the now because the now is a really unfamiliar place. The survival instinct has no job in the now. Yeah. So all that adrenaline that wants to run through your body, there's no reason for it to run through. What am I supposed to do? I feel weird. Okay, I'll beat myself up or I'll drown myself in some other activity. Just being present and asking yourself, you know, what are my feet doing? What are my elbows doing? What are my eyelashes doing? What's the back of my neck doing? How does it feel? What does it seem like? What's a smell? What's a sound? What can I notice if I, if I turn my head that way? What are five things I see right away? If I look down, what are three things I see right away? 
all these little exercises help you value the now because the now is not the place where you're sad it's when you bring the sadness from the past as a favorite familiar suffering feeling like you have no other option but to replay it that's when you're sad but there's a whole lot more going on in your life than just those sad memories there just has to be a priority in paying attention to them yeah. and you have to train yourself right it's this is something you train yourself everything you know how to do you taught yourself and you practice this is another thing to practice it's just oh god i'm thinking those sad thoughts i'm feeling those sad feelings Let's see if I do some of the things that Elohim said, if it can change that. But a lot of times, especially with feelings or memories, people feel uh, they, they get it in their head that there's no other choice. They have to just, they have to feel it they, because it came up. One of our tools is this emotion is a choice. And they, they really are. And we know some of the big, huge, deep ones don't feel like choices. Don't start with those. Practice with other emotions that that you can say, oh, I feel grumpy. Why? And there's, there's actually no reason to feel grumpy right now. All I'm doing is standing in the kitchen. Maybe if I ate, I would feel less grumpy. I'm going to eat rather than think about the fact I feel grumpy. Drink some water, will you? <laughs> that will help too. <laughs> we always say if you feel off, have you drank water? Have you eaten food? Have you slept? Have you moved your body? Until you answer those four questions, you don't really get to feel off because a lot of times that's all that's going on. It's the same when you're a little kid, you know, do you need to go to the potty? Ah, do you need to go to the potty? Ah, do you need to go to the potty? Actually, I do need to go to the potty. Okay, go to the potty. Then everyone will be happier. So yeah, add that to the list. Do you need to poo? If you need to poo, go poo. Then you'll feel happier. Yeah, it's that kind of a thing. You got to practice though. You got to practice catching yourself in an emotion that feels uncomfortable and saying, wait a minute, I'm not just going to go along with this. I'm not just going to go along with this. It has to earn its place in me. It has to, there has to be a real good reason, a real good reason, not a habitual reason, a good reason in order for this to play out. Yeah. Yep. That's how that works. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a matter of, of practice and being kind with ourselves. Totally. If, if it's taking some time for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's take another question. We have one from Susie. Susie. Yes. How to get rid of karmic punishments and inter, uh, interdiction easier, even without removing all karma uh, to get to not live with your parents anymore, have your own money, etc. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, same question asked a different way, right? It's the same thing. You have to be able to connect with your truth. The idea of karma isn't one we talk about that much um, because it's really, really easy to cast yourself in a victim role. And we say you are not victims, you're choosers. So it's really easy to say, well, that's my karma and that's why I'm stuck in this situation and I don't get to do anything about it. Just like we said earlier, Oh, that's my big sadness. I'm just stuck with this big sadness, right? Or I'm stuck with this roommate because I don't have enough money. I'm just stuck, right? All these questions are about being stuck in various different ways. And the answer is all the same, which is what is your truth? 
what step are you on in that truth? And how are you actually catching yourself and acting on the fact that you're habituating to victimhood or habituating to the belief that this is just where you're stuck rather than finding a way to be a chooser in that situation. Choosing a different reaction is the hugest breakthrough we could bestow on you guys. If we could just get you to start choosing your reactions rather than feeling as though you've been dealt a hand and you have to just play the hand that you were dealt. You know, if you're playing cards and you're dealt the hand and, and, and you think, okay, well, the rules of the game are I have to stick with these cards, okay. But you're not playing cards. You're doing human life. Someone deals you some cards you don't like, you do have the choice to get up and walk away, to ask for more cards, to rip up the cards and say we're playing Monopoly instead, to stand on your head and laugh. You have a lot of choices. Make some. <laughs> And it, we know that it can feel like, oh, I don't have any choices. I'm stuck. I'm locked in. You can always do the things we just said earlier where you look down and you choose to notice three things. That's a choice. This starts that process. It builds that muscle in you. Another way we say it is every day look out the same window or look at the same view and require that you notice something different every day for a while because you're training yourself to see something familiar and say oh wait a minute there's a bird oh wait a minute that flower has bloomed oh wait a minute there's a leaf blowing by rather than just oh yeah that's the front yard you're training yourself to find choice training yourself and then when when situations happen like you feel trapped in various things you will be able to say Oh, but I'll look for the choices. I'll look for the third way. I'll know what my truth is. You'll start to know those things in more important situations if you've trained yourself in less intense situations, let's call them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to know the same thing today, Monsef. Everybody yeah. wants to know the same thing. <laughs> That's good, though. It's good because when you get different questions on the same topic, everyone kind of gets to see it from a diff all these different perspectives, and every once in a while that just makes the, the bell ring, you know, light bulb go on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Who else wants to ask us about the same thing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're used to it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we have many of the same topic, but... Let me try this one and see if it's the same. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Bianca from Sacramento. Uh -huh. uh, I am being focusing on my spiritual growth and would like to eventually transition out of my current career to become self-employed uh -huh. and doing work that I love. And uh -huh. she's asking about any blocks that's, I, that she has regarding discovering her life purpose yeah. and any insights. Sure where she can uh, you know, live her life purpose. Sure. When, when you want to become self-employed, one of the things that's really important to keep in mind is that very few people who become self-employed can rely on the income from their self-employment immediately. So it really does help to kind of transition, unless you have savings. If you have savings, hey, go for it. But if you don't have savings or you don't feel safe in, in transitioning that way, it's really hard to put that kind of pressure, you've got to pay my bills, you brand new job that I just started, on the brand new job. Like you don't want to birth something 
in that kind of tension because right? a new career is a birthing and you want it to have room to show you what it's all about and to reveal itself to you and if it's immediately under pressure it's sort of like having a baby and then saying come on you got to get into harvard tomorrow you know it's not fair don't do that right nobody would do that but people do it with self-employment a lot so the great thing about moving into the self-employment thing is just making sure that you're not overly pressuring yourself and, and easing into it is also very wise. But here's the, the thing that you have to know. Your relationship to uncertainty has to be very, very different when you're self-employed than when you're an employee. When you're an employee, uncertainty is, is maybe how weird is the boss going to be today. But the pay, the schedule, where you park your car, where you sit, there's a lot of, of routine in being an employee. People tell you what to do, when they want it done, and it, there's there's this kind of routine's the best word. When you're self-employed, everything's out the window. <laughs> it's constantly uncertain. And so you really need to determine how comfortable you are with uncertainty before you start your own business. That's the main difference we call them between an employee mindset and an entrepreneur mindset. Because if you have an employee mindset, which neither one's bad or good, they're just the way you are, right? Some people are male, some people are female, some people are employee, some people are entrepreneur. It's nothing, no judgment here. If you're an employee mindset and you really like that routine and structure and steadiness and uncertainty freaks you out and you start a business, you're sort of setting yourself up for failure. We're not going to say you will fail, but we're going to say it's going to be challenging for you. We know plenty of people who are self-employed that are really employee mindset and they struggle. Other people are entrepreneurial mindset and the idea of going into the routine of another kind of job is just completely uncomfortable to them. Like Veronica, she's completely entrepreneur mindset. If she was stuck in a job where she knows I'm going to be there for eight hours. I'm going to get this amount of money. These are the things I'm going to do. She couldn't stand it, which is why she's been self-employed for like 20 years. Is it hard? Sometimes it's really hard. Is there tons of uncertainty? Gobs and gobs and gobs of it. But she would rather face the discomfort of that uncertainty than have the constriction of an employee environment. Okay, so that's just something good to know about yourself. But before you leave any job or even any relationship, unless it's abusive, right? We like to advise people to do what we call mad scientists. And this is what we were thinking about for your first caller, the one with the roommate. Mad scientist, right? And what we mean by that, you already know everybody. You already know the work. You already know where you sit. You already know where you park. You already know what days you get for vacation. You already know how much you get paid. That's a lot of structure to play in. So you just start making small changes and have fun with this. This is supposed to be fun. Entertain yourself. This is part of the reason why it works is because you start having fun at work instead of being at work. Walk to work a different way. You know, get out of your car and walk around the building twice before you go in. Um, when you sit down in your chair, sit down from the other side than you normally sit down. Spin your chair around a couple times before you start working. Type with one hand. Answer the phone with the opposite hand. Whatever you can possibly do to make 
tons and tons and tons of amusing little changes in the routine of being at work. And the most amazing things happen when people do this because they realize that part of the reason that they feel so trapped is because they've trapped themselves in a lot of crazy routine. And again, you're building that muscle. You're building that muscle that you feel you have choice. You're building that muscle. So when your boss says something to you, you don't just follow the same familiar suffering pathways with your boss. You react in a different way. And we've seen people do this with relationships, marriages that were on the outs, um, at jobs that they hated, places they lived that they couldn't stand, and it all shifted around. Because here's the thing. If you are upset at your current job and you go get another one, self-employed or not, you don't have any of these muscles for finding these small changes. And you're very likely to take all your old patterns into your new job which people do in relationships all the time, right? You take all the old patterns into the new and expect the new job or the new partner to change you. And it does a little. But how about where you already are comfortable, where you already know everybody, how about you start practicing those muscles? How about you start treating that job like it's a brand new job? Act the way you would act at your new job or you imagine you would act at your new job. You know, in relationships, when people are stuck in relationships and they're like, I think I have to get a divorce, we're like, have you mad scientists? It's the first question we ask. Well, we say, is it abusive? Then we say, have you mad scientists? Because until you've mad scientists, we actually had somebody who was very honest, which we appreciated deeply. And we said, have you spoken your truth to your husband? And she said, never. I've never told him fully how I feel. Like, don't you think you should do that before you split? And they did, and it worked out. They actually stayed together. And she had to just stretch over and over and over and over again to have her truth present in the conversation. It had never been present in the conversation. She was waiting around for him to read her mind and know what she wanted rather than speak up. Remember that whole thing about ask, 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 ask? There it comes up again. Yeah. So mad scientist first. Really look at your relationship to uncertainty and see just how comfortable, honestly, you are with things being uncertain. Really look at how much pressure financially you would have to put on a new occupation and see if you can transition into it rather than stop one and start the other. If you don't have the resources to, to allow yourself to um, have a year or two with no income, because a lot of times... In self-employment situations, you spend money for the first year or even more because everything you make, you still have to spend plus more. So that's something to be really honest about with yourself too. Yeah. And if you really have something that you think would make a good business, try doing it as a little bit of a hobby first and feeling into how it works out for you. See what you learn. Practice while you're still getting paid. That's our advice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's... that's uh... Yeah, that's that's really important. Like, and also as as you said, like uh, before, like taking such a decision, you know, if we are taking it, we are moving to something we love, or we are just running away from where we are, just we don't love. And yeah, that's happened to me uh, when I I was in a job. At many times, I I wanted to, to leave my job, but I was either angry or didn't love what I'm doing. So I was saying to myself, it's not the time yet to you know to enjoy yourself here and. Uh, learn more things and when the timing 
uh, it will be the, the, the right time and yes, you will feel it. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Wonderful. All right, can we uh, take one question, one more? Sure, sure we probably have time for okay. one more. Mm -hmm. All right. So do uh, you prefer a color or maybe from the webcast? You pick. You pick. Okay. okay. So let's see, we have Melanie from California. Uh, what if I was accused and killed as a witch in a past life, and now I have some fear issues? Mm -hmm. And uh, you said that all happens in the same time. So what do we do? How do we find yeah. balance yeah. Uh, of these energies? Yeah. That's a great, a great question. And again, we cover this more at length in our in the talk that's in the package that you guys are going to mm -hmm. discuss later. But, but the truth of the matter is. You are the most conscious lifetime, the one we're talking to right now. You're the you're in charge, and you offer your truth to your um, alternate expressions, just like you offer it to your other human beings. And part of the message that you want to give to that alternate expression where you are a witch is, yeah, okay, that did happen, and we are still thriving functioning we're still learning as a soul we're immortal see proof because here i am right we incarnated again we're still doing this and then acknowledge where that experience definitely keeps you from shining your light from speaking up from standing out and when you do have the opportunity to speak up and you're afraid because of that past life acknowledge that you're feeling the fear for two people two people which, you know, fear for one person is enough to keep you from doing something. Fear from two, that's kind of hard. The other thing we found very, very helpful is to give that um, other expression, that other lifetime, a name. It doesn't have to be the name they actually went by. It's the name you want to call that person. So in Veronica's example, she plays the cello, and she has an alternate expression named Boris that plays the cello from years and years and years and years ago, centuries ago, right? if you're looking at time but they talk and he's one he acts as one of her teachers and she will talk to boris and then go and tell her current in the human form teacher what boris said and the teacher says yes that's very good advice definitely do what boris said so you can you can start but oh we should not leave this part out because it's the most important part the first three months that veronica could feel boris's energy every single time it was you should kill yourself so she would hear in her head, you should kill yourself. And she'd be like, <laughs> not really. No, actually. And finally, she was like, okay, we got to give you a name because I want those thoughts to be your thoughts that I'm hearing rather than somehow my thoughts that I'm ignoring. Those are Boris's thoughts. Boris is all about wanting to kill himself. So finally, she just said, look, enough. I've had it. The whole I should kill myself thing is just not getting very far. Do you have anything else to say? And he was like, well, I play the cello. She's like, good, let's talk about that. <laughs> and ever since then, they've had a very positive relationship. So your alternate expression that was um, a witch probably has amazing other information to bleed through. Alternate expression bleed through in our experience starts with the hard parts. It just does. And we, we very rarely do we hear about an alternate expression bleed through that doesn't start with some trauma, often how you died. 
That's very, very, very common is the alternate expression bleed through. But you guys do the same thing. How frequently, especially if you're not being very conscious, do you lead with the bad weather or the dangerous pothole or the did you see what's going on at blah, 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 blah? How often do you guys lead with the greatest thing ever is happening to me? You know, once you're once you know somebody, yeah, maybe, but you humans just tend to interact about the survival instinct first. And alternate expressions oftentimes are far, far, far less conscious than you are. They live in a much more dense um, energetic and a much more dualistic based time in a time where it's very easy to get killed or die of God knows what, because like no penicillin and things like that. Right. So, I mean, you get a cut and you could just die rather than nowadays you guys are like, eh, squirt some stuff on, put a bandaid and go play soccer. You know, and that's not how it is back then. So it's really easy to die back then. So they were in a lot of fear and they lived in a lot of poverty. So you guys are basically the, you know, living the high life. No matter how impoverished anybody on the call is, your alternate expressions live much more impoverished, right? So you meet, yeah. you bleed through, and the alternate expression is like, okay, if you met that alternate expression on the street corner, you probably would walk to the other side of the street. They'd freak you out. One, they'd probably smell really bad. Two, they probably would be wearing strange clothes, speaking a strange language, acting kind of weird. They'd probably be very dirty. And you would go, who are you? Now, all of a sudden, their energy's in your body. Of course it feels weird. You're like, what are you doing in my body? Looks like that you're you're um you're kind of like the big sister or big brother of that lifetime and and mm -hmm. you can guide that energy and this is something that you know it takes some it takes some pra everything takes practice but you know we have more to say about it but yeah it's um it's it's not unusual at all for advancing light workers to have alternate expression bleed through. In fact, when we meet people who are having alternate expression bleed through, we're like, okay, that tells us how much work you've done on yourself. Now, if you're not having alternate expression bleed through, please do not assume that means you haven't done the right amount of work. When we see it, we know it means something. The absence of it doesn't mean anything. It just is, right? Don't let this be an opportunity to beat yourself up. But if you're having alternate expression bleed through, which often shows up as these sort of that's not actually how I feel. Why do I feel that way when you're home alone? Not necessarily in crowds, but like, like Veronica, I should kill myself. Ooh, says who? Like, not me. What's going on? Alternate expression bleed through. Yeah. So you're, you're the idea that you were killed as a witch is, of course, very, very painful. And you have dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of equally traumatic lifetimes that you have experienced this one's the one that's bleeding through it's the one you have the opportunity to interact with there's way more about that lifetime than just being burned as a witch way more right there's a whole life that led up to being so noticed and burned as a witch like wow you must have been up to some stuff like if you got burned as a witch you were doing stuff you had to learn stuff you had to like I don't know. They caught you, so you were you were out of the you were out of the house doing stuff. I know what all that was. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
it's like saying my alternate expression, you know, my 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 alternate expression died bungee jumping off of a cliff. Like, wow, you bungee jumped off a cliff? I mean, you were doing stuff if you were out bungee jumping off a cliff. What else did you do? But you went skiing, but you went, you know, surfing, but you rode your motorcycle across the Mojave Desert. You know, you probably did stuff. Find out what all that stuff is too. You're like, yes, I hear you. That was horrible. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate your connecting with me. What else you got? So there's a lot, there's there's a lot of nuance to this that we don't have time to cover, but we did do that talk. So mm -hmm. there's more to this. And of course, yeah. if you join the Facebook group, you can learn even more. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Monsef, we're starting yeah, to run out you. of gas here. So should we give Veronica yeah. for you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. We enjoyed talking to you again. Thank you. <laughs> they make me laugh so much. Oh, they're so fun. <laughs> they were so funny with your first caller. We're not done with you yet. <laughs> I'm inside going, <laughs> they don't know you and you're, <laughs> they're going to learn. Helen <laughs> cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's and really about mm -hmm. getting out of your own way right it's like yes. the reasons that we are blocked are so frequently because we're just in our own way so mm -hmm. it's how do i get out of my own way and it's super practical super actionable super applicable you can use it today kind of stuff that's how we've always worked and that's how it is so it's you know grab this thing in my life that's bugging me break it down into the pieces and then chew on those pieces in an appropriate way so that the thing that was bugging me becomes a strength. It makes me stronger to look at this thing that was bugging me instead of favorite familiar suffering over in the corner and feel like a victim of it. Yeah. yeah. It works. That's all I can say. At the end of the day, this works. I've watched it work for so many people and it doesn't matter where you start or what's going on. It's all going to work because it works on the underlying energetic dynamic of what's happening doesn't matter really what it looks like in your life. The underlying energetics are almost all the same. We get in our own way because the survival instinct is driving our behaviors and we're acting habitually. So let's break those habits, access our truth in the now as the current version of ourselves and discover what is really going on, which often is absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this has been fun, Monsa. Thank you again for having yeah, thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really, really such an honor to have you back. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with you and with our beautiful audience and also with, with the Elohim. So that's that was really, really awesome. So really, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Have a lovely rest of whatever time of day it is for you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's the evening here. So. Okay. It's just starting for me. It's lunchtime. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, so everyone, uh, really, I want to thank you for, for being here with us today, for your energy, for creating with this space, and for your presence, and also for your really, really wonderful questions. We, we all learn so much from, from your question and also Veronica's and Elohim's answers. So thank you so much. Thank you, Veronica. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.
If you'd like to listen to live episodes and interact with our speakers, you can go to yourdivineuniqueness.com. Your, Y-O-U-R, divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, uniqueness, U-N-I-Q-U-E-N-E-S-S.com. 